0: Hello and welcome to livealittlehigher.com We continue learning Pirkei Avot, Ethics of the Fathers and um, I love to teach this book, it's called Visions of the Fathers by Rabbi Abraham Twersky. I always like to give uh, honor to the teachers that I learned from and, um, <clears throat> and also we are in chapter six Mishnah one this is the last chapter of, uh, of the Pirkei Avot and um, this chapter one is a little long, so I've been cutting it off little by little. We've been studying the little snippets of it every week. But uh, this chapter one is um, is given by Rabbi Mayer. And today he says that uh, uh, the Torah clothes him in a humility and fear of God. He's talking about the Torah scholar. And then it says it makes him fit to be at tzaddik, a Hasid, a Yashar, and an iman. It moves him away from sin. So so it makes him fit to be a tzaddik. What does it mean that it makes him fit to be a tzaddik? What does it mean to be a tzaddik? So we have to be very careful because really a is a very is a righteous human being. Uh, according to the altar Rebbe, Atzadik is a person that has been able to overpower completely his uh, animal soul, his Yetzer Hara, and it works for his godliness, Shama. It, it's, it's like on a job to aid him uh, towards godliness. So this is a very very high level of a person. Usually, Atzadik is a is a different configuration of a soul is not like us it's a different configuration their mission and their purpose in the world is a complete different mission and purpose they are the shepherds of the generation they are here to guide us and lead us and help us connect to God so they are very distinct Uh, usually a tzaddik is born a tzaddik this is his makeup there's people who in their lifetime with a lot of work and a lot of lot of lot of lot of uh, work 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 on themselves can come to achieve this uh, status. So, but here Rabbi Twersky says the words of this Mishnah are carefully chosen, proper learning and implementation of Torah does not make a person at Sadik. Although, in general terms, when you see a person that is very good, a person that is very pious, it's considered a tzaddik. But here, he's explaining exactly what I'm telling you. Rather, it prepares one to become a tzaddik. So, a person with strenuous work on himself and a devotion to Hashem uh, is able to, to change his whole nature and become a tzaddik. So, in other words, a true Torah scholar, never considers himself a tzaddik uh, he never considers that he's completed, that he's done that he's grown, that he's done he's, he's, uh, he's refined enough, so the contrary the fact that the Torah is infinite it makes him uh, impossible for anyone to grasp uh, the the the, the, it's, it, it, the Torah in, in its entirety, so it's a never a person dies and he's never a finished work we're, we're, we're never going to finish doing what we have to do in this world because the, the potential is infinite and a human being has a godly neshama that has a little spark of God inside of him that is in essence uh, infinite so we do have a part of us that can continue and continue and continue to grow in godliness in midas in refinement it's never ending so a Torah scholar scholar is therefore in in a constant state of becoming and he's always advancing towards a goal which he knows is unreachable imagine When you go to college and you're gonna do a career, you're gonna be a doctor, you're gonna be a lawyer, you know you start here and there's gonna be a day that you graduate and you completed what you needed to learn there and then you can become a doctor. But a Torah scholar is a person that goes to sleep every day and it's never ending, it's never gonna end. He's never gonna be completed. So the works of of Musar and Hasidut emphasize this concept. Until the very last day of a, of a life of a person he is always growing and progressing and the yetzerhara never slack never slackens. It may indeed change its fact its tactics enticing the age in ways others than when he was enticed in his youth and the scholar in ways other than uh, a, a person that doesn't learn, but it never relaxes its effort to lead a person into sin. If you listen to the class that I posted this week on uh, on the Hodot Halevavot, Duties of the Heart, it really concentrates on this subject. So about the Yetzer Hara growing with you. So the struggle against the unrelenting Yetzerhara Hara never ends. And the more you grow, the more the Yetzer Hara grows. So one of the Hasidic masters said that a person should think of the Yetzerhara Hara as an enemy who holds a sharp sword over one's head and wishes to behead him. And, and so another Hasid asked him, what if I cannot think this way? What if I cannot think like the Hara is always with a sword trying to take my head off? What, what, what does that mean? So he said, he answered him, then he has already succeeding in beheading you. So the Hasidic master, Rabbi Elimelech of Lishnek, Lishenks, said, people think that I am a tzaddik, and he was a tzaddik, but he didn't consider himself a tzaddik. He said, this is not true. I know myself best, and I know that I'm not a tzaddik. Even if the prophet Elijah would say that I'm a tzaddik, I would not believe him. If God himself said that I was a tzaddik, I would have no choice but to believe him. However, I would believe him for only that moment. This moment afterward, I would return to my conviction that I am not at tzaddik. So this is what it meant by the earlier Mishnah. One is not expected to reach a stage of completion in his lifetime but it's only obliged to progress as far as possible. This is our our, 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 our responsibility in life, that we should always be growing, we should never be stagnant, we should never be comfortable in the place that we are there's always something more that we can do there's something better there's a mitzvah that can be taken better, taken care in a better way there's always room to grow so then it says it makes him fit to be a tzaddik, a hasid, a yashar and a neman so this statement poses a major problem for us so the question just, just what is a tzaddik a tzaddik is a, a, a righteous man what is a yashar? a yashar is a person that is upright what is a hasid? is a person that is pious it's a person that will do more than is asked from him if he has to learn a lesson a hundred times he'll do it a hundred and one times And what is a neman? And this is a trustworthy human being. So the Talmud does not have superfluous words. It never is more or less, everything is exact. And clearly, these four appellations apply to four distinct levels of spirituality. I'm gonna repeat, the righteous, the upright, the pious, and the trustworthy. However, this is rather bewildering. Is tzaddik not an inclusive term? Like you would think like, that tzaddik would have all of this. He would be righteous, upright, pious, and, and trustworthy. And can one be a tzaddik, yet not be a yashar, a hasid, or a naman? Can one be a hasid, yet not be a naman? It would seem that Atzadi has all the other three characteristics, as do all the other terms. So here, Rabbi Twersky explains to us, it's explaining to us, that what is clear is that there are qualitative as well as quantitative differences in spirituality. There's different levels of, uh, of, of, of people in the world of, of, of spirituality. For example, the Talmud says that if Rabbi Shimon ben Lakish was seen talking to a certain person, people would trust that person in their business. They wouldn't even ask the the Rabbi. uh, Simon, uh, just because he talked to him, people would trust him. Um, And the the Talmud does not say this of any other uh, sage, he only says it about uh, Rabbi Shimon ben Lakish. Or we find that Rav never spoke an unnecessary word in his entire lifetime. He didn't say more than he needed to say. He just used exact words that needed to be uh, said in order for him to convey uh, something he wanted to say. And he never had a meal that was not considered a seudas mitzvah. So he ate to honor God, he never ate just because he had to have breakfast, lunch and dinner, he always was honoring Hashem either he finished something he learned or he was in a Brit Milah or he it was Shabbat or he was uh, something, a Seudah Mitzvah but he would not just eat because he, he needed to eat, so uh, again, this is not said of other rabbis, only of Raf. So perhaps the Talmud means that while all were exceedingly spiritual and all were very highly elevated people, each one had a specific trait that was specific to them. That was something they did better than others. So they were all paragons of virtue and spirituality. They were not at the mercy of their inborn inborn traits. They, They were masters of their character traits. So the Talmud states that in comparison to us, the sages of Yor were like angels. We're like, we cannot put ourselves in, in, in the same level as these rabbis. Like They were like angels compared to us. So it is of interest that in the last generation, for example, the Hophet Haim, uh, who was erudite, his knowledge of Torah was en- encyclopedic. He was a genius. He was seen more of like a Sadic, as a Sadiq than a, Torah, a great Torah scholar. And other contemporary Torah personalities were thought of primarily great scholars and only secondarily as Sadikim. So each one of them had a specific trait that defined them in such a way. So it is related that because of his profound humility, the Hophetz had prayed that people should not look at him as a great Gaon, a, trait, a great Torah genius and as his prayers were answered why then did he not pray not to be viewed as a tzaddik since he was such a humble person and the, the Rabbi Tversky says the possibility because there was the possibility that he might be considered to be a tzaddik never even occurred to him he didn't even think that people would look at him as a tzaddik, he was such a humble man so in the final analysis we are at loss to understand this Mishnah the differences between these four categories may be measured in microns. Our minds may not, n- may be no more capable of grasping this concept than it is of hearing sound waves above or below the frequency within the range of a of a human ear. So we sometimes find ourselves in disagreement with a with a Torah with a Torah authority. We 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 would maybe not be feel that what the the what he's telling us is. Um, is, uh, is what we want to hear maybe we are against his ruling but uh, what he's saying here is that although we may have some Torah knowledge we should never put ourselves at the same level as these great Torah authorities these people that learn Torah all day this is their whole life so who are we to say what what is Rabbi saying is wrong we, we cannot say that we can, we can go to different rabbis and ask the same question and see what different, uh, different uh, judgments come out of them. But nevertheless, we should never uh, underestimate them and we should never question them. And um, that's why they say that you have to choose one rabbi in your life and with your questions if you have questions of Kashrut, you have to have an expert rabbi on Kashrut. This is the, the rabbi you, you call and you ask for the, for, the, for the leniency, because a rabbi, he knows so much, not, Torah, that he's gonna be lenient in his, in his uh, judgment to you. So then it says <clears throat> that, uh, that, it, that it moves him away from sin. So these characteristics moves a person away from sin. And again, the words of this Mishnah warrant careful scrutiny. Profound Torah study can discourage one from sin and encourage one to virtuous acts, but it does not eliminate the possibility of sin or compel one to virtue. So a person, even he has uh, grown tremendously in his knowledge of Torah, and he's a gaon of the Torah, or he's even a tzaddik, he has to always be very careful not to fall because we can fall and every human being at any moment of his life can choose the wrong thing you know this week we read Parashah Reh I bring you today a blessing and a curse choose, choose life says Hashem so here it's telling us we do have freedom of choice we can choose so the Talmud relates that Yohanan, Yohanan the high priest Hakoen served as the high priest for 70 years in the temple imagine 70 years he was the high priest of the temple and at the end of, of, of his service, he, he, he defected to be a, a, a Sadducee. What was a Sadducee? It was a sect of the Jewish people that didn't believe in the, in the, in the oral Torah and they didn't believe in the, in, the, in the resurrection of the dead, which are fundamental beliefs of the Jewish religion. And, and imagine a person, 70 years, he was the Kohen Gadol in the temple and he fell down. He fell. So uh, he ends up here saying uh, something nice uh, as an anecdote because he treats, Rabbi Tversky treats many uh, recovering alcoholics and he says that he likes to use these examples of of, uh, alcoholics. Uh, with uh, with the way in which we fall into our Yetzer Hara, he says that um, that for example, uh, 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 alcoholism is an excellent example of a self-destructive behavior that may hold a person captive indeed scripture frequently uses drunkness to portray inappropriate behavior so they were drunk albeit not with wine they wander aimlessly although without ale. this is in isaiah so there is much that we can gather from the observation of an alcoholic that is applicable to our to our life to our daily life and so for example a, a person an alcoholic that becomes sober he doesn't refer to himself as recovered he's never recovered but he will always say that he's recovering, even if he's been 30 years without drinking one one glass of alcohol. He will never tell you that he has recovered. He will always say to you, "I am recovering," eh, because he's aware of his vulnerability. He's aware that eh, that he can fall again, and I'm always recovering. And if I die sober, only then can I say that I have recovered. And so he says that there was a a man that uh, died when he was 83 years old, uh, after 42 years of sobriety, and that when he died, the news was John has recovered. And This is how they said that he had passed away. John has recovered. Because all the days of his life, he wasn't recovered he was recovering so we are like alcoholics in this world we are recovering this is our life we're recovering we're every day trying to keep ourselves sane and keep ourselves in the right track and trying to choose the right things and live a blessed life we're trying to choose life Hashem so help us please it's not so easy so I want to wish you a blessed week and remember live a little higher thank you